Let's talk adventure now. And uh, an adventurer of note is Tegan Phillips. Um, why do I say that? Because she's got a website. And on the website, she has a section that says Adventure Diaries. And you just begin here and you have a look. Uh, 11,000 kilometer Africa family bike trip. Two and a half thousand kilometer triathlon around New Zealand. Something called Shiva resting movement. And then she draws pictures as well. Or a blow by blow 400 kilometer around the block. No idea what's going on. Tegan, how's it? How's it going? Hi, good thing for you. Last time we spoke was when you were doing that New Zealand triathlon thing. Was it successful? Yes, yeah. We made it with like three hours this day. It was very close, but we finished. <laughs> Why do you do these adventures? I don't know, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> I mean, why does anything, anybody do anything? It's just um, pretty fun uh, to be outdoors, seeing new places, using your body. Maybe just procrastination to do real <laughs> job things. <laughs> How did it start, Tegan? What, an adventure? Everything, yes. So, <laughs> are you asking how a general adventure starts? How, how, did the, how did the adventure start? Where did that spark come from? Um, the first time I went to the adventure was actually part of a competition where you could win a bicycle and do anything you wanted with a bicycle. And I, um, decided to try and ride that bicycle from the bottom of England to the bottom of Spain. And it was really fun to just be camping in the wild and trying to <laughs> learn some Spanish and sort of just going from one day to the next without actually knowing what would happen the next day. I didn't really know how to read maps. Mm. And so it just sort of a lot of disasters. But in that, you kind of are so alive because you can't just go from moment to moment on automatic because there is no automatic. You're just literally having to try and figure it out every moment. And I think after that, I just felt like adventuring is the way to go. And then my family went on some adventures and I've been trying to keep adventuring since then. So you say on on your website now you're a full time cartoonist, speaker, and endurance cyclist. What and the the cartooning was that before or after the first adventure? So it actually happened at the same time that I was studying law, and then I saw this competition to win a bicycle. And um, part of the competition is you had to say what you would do with a bicycle, and everybody who else had entered um, had written these really cool entries about how they were going to cure cancer and do all of this, I don't know, just like very impressive sounding worldly adventures. And my little plan to go to Spain sounded so boring <laughs> that I thought if I drew it in a comic and made it into a little comic video, then maybe even though the idea itself wasn't too exciting, the entry would be exciting. And so that was my first comic. And um, and then I started a comic blog to keep track of that trip and it kind of went from there. Are the two related? Do you always do something about whatever adventure or something that you're doing? It's it's like very personal kind of story? Yeah, more or less. It, it has been a lot of sort of like comic diary style comics. Um, they're not all like that, but that is where they started and there still are many <laughs> that are comic diaries. Mm. Uh, we, you, you're an inspiration to a number of people, Tegan, and we've been talking to Henry Cock, who's just recently uh, run no. Walked the 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 coast, and I was asking him why he did it, and he goes, "Well, people like Tegan Phillips inspire us." 
<laughs> no, he's next level. I mean, he was running. I think that's about 500 times harder. Than <laughs> getting on a bicycle. Uh, he mentioned your <laughs> yeah. name, and he's raised the funds, and he's done it because of somebody like you, you see. How does that, as, as a friend of mine always said, how does that make you feel? Um, I, I want to say intimidated. I, <laughs> I mean, it it feels good. I think often um, people who work for themselves or who work by themselves, you don't get too much feedback. You're not working in a group. So it's always, you, you often find yourself questioning, like, is there any value to what I do? So mm. if you hear nice people saying nice things, it, it does make you feel a bit affirmed, I suppose. <laughs> You say, and I love the headline on the website, everything is an adventure, right? So we're talking about you doing 11,000 Ks through Africa, but but even round the block can be an adventure. Yes. That, so, I mean, that is, I suppose, the whole, my motto is that adventure is more of a mindset than anything else. So even going to the shops can be an adventure <laughs> if yeah. you only decide to buy things that are orange or buy things that have the letter O. Or, you know, you can... You can make things into a fun challenge <laughs> if you want to. And during lockdown, um, it was obviously really hard for a lot of us, especially like say cyclists where you kind of um, want to be traveling and going quite far. And in lockdown, we were constrained to like five kilometers or whatever. And so I came up, um, well, our first lockdown adventure was doing the Chevrolet thing, which was going up and down a hill until we had accumulated 9,000 meters of elevation gain and that was a really fun <laughs> fun adventure for for a whole lot of cycling women and then the second one was this 400 k's just riding around the block by my parents house <laughs> <laughs> just the whole day from morning till night um and it wasn't it wasn't even a real plan it just kind of started riding around the block and mm. then Suddenly it was night time and it was 400 kilometers later. And <laughs> it was such a nice way to just remember that you can have an adventure even if, you know, there's curfew or mm. COVID things can be creative. <laughs> What's more nerve-wracking for you, being on a bicycle in the middle of nowhere or being a TEDx speaker in front of an audience? A TEDx speaker. <laughs> Being on a bicycle is fun. Um, yeah, no, public speaking is terrifying. I mean, even now being on the radio, like my hands are kind of shaking. <laughs> a little mine, mine are too. Don't worry about it. We're, you're in the same boat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you do it. I really um, admire you guys. We just do this all the time. Because um, I think, yeah, you need to be so vulnerable and put yourself out there and be kind of like thinking on the spot is, is difficult. So TEDx, I mean... I literally, before the talk, I had three separate T-shirts that I had to wear because I kept sweating through them. <laughs> and then I'd go backstage and i quickly change my T-shirt. And the last T-shirt that I ended up wearing, I put it on like as I was walking out stage. Are those speeches like fully rehearsed? You, you, you know exactly the time, how much effort goes into it, when to push the buttons? or do you, are there, Is there a little bit of flexibility on those talks? I mean, I did end up going a little bit longer, but I would never have imagined how much preparation goes into a TEDx talk. It's, mm. it's crazy. Like, they literally start the selection process about seven or eight months before the event. And then there's three rounds of selection, and then you get given a coach, and you have to go to training workshops every single weekend for, like, a few months um, so that you know, the TEDx team is, is really... Mm. 
amazing. But your and your talk has to be pretty off by heart, nailed down. So, so yeah, no, quite an interesting topic. No little auto cue that pops up in front of you while you're doing. Yeah, you don't. It's not. Um, you don't have like a teleprompter or anything, but okay. you do obviously have your um your screens that have the your images. Yeah. So I had about 120 images for my little 14 minute <laughs> talk. Um, and then the screens weren't even working for mine, oh, no. so I got it there and I just saw black. So I kept having to like turn around and um, I kept, <laughs> I was pointing the, the clicker at the screen behind me, but obviously it was, you know, it was connected to the screen in, in front of me, yeah. but I kept forgetting that. So I think it's, <laughs> I probably looked a bit silly, but it was fine. <laughs> okay. Now, Again, referring to the website, Cairo to Cape Town next year. How's that going? Yeah, I think fine. So far, um, so, far so good. The, we've had to push the date out. I was hoping originally to do it in February because mm. that's when the weather is best. But um, it's still very slow to cross a whole lot of borders um, with getting COVID tests for everybody and um, just yeah, general border crossing is slow. So hopefully October next year we'll be able to go out um, with me cycling and then a support crew of about six people mm. and try and do it in maybe somewhere between 40 to 50 days. 40, and will you be doing like the main highways, Cairo to Cape Town? There, there must be main roads with trucks and things. Do you follow that route or do you take alternate routes? No, you follow that route. I think you actually, uh, if, if I, my understanding of what I read in Guinness is correct, mm-hmm. then you kind of have to follow that route. It's sort of the the same route that all of the record holders have have taken. Right. It's literally just like a really big um, sort of continental highway that goes mm. pretty much from Cairo to Cape Town. You said with a support team, were you staying in lovely hotel rooms along the way, or pitching tent, <laughs> pitching tents like Charlie Borman and and Luke, um, the other actor did? Yeah, no, I think probably not so many hotels. Maybe every now and then if we can, just so that we can have a shower. <laughs> but <laughs> we're hoping to get um, a vehicle sponsor that can maybe help us out with some tents, like rooftop tents, and then we just sleep in the car. Because that way I can just ride until I'm about to like mm. fall off from mm. sleep and then go and jump in the tent. <laughs> Don't have to pitch. You see, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's like the Absa Cape Epic. It's the same thing. Somebody pitches the tent for you. Imagine if you still had to do the tent afterwards. Yeah, I think that would that would be quite tiring. Also, the current record holder, um, so Mark Beaumont, did it in 42 days, mm. and he just did it without a support team. Yeah. Um, it was quite impressive, but I'm not that hardcore. Uh, you're not that hardcore. Um, the problem is we're going to take a break, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to agree to disagree with you because I have some numbers in front of me just about how hardcore you really are, so don't go away. All right? <laughs> You are listening to John Herica on SFM. My guest adventurer Tegan Phillips. She's off to ride from Cape Town to uh, from Cairo to Cape Town next year. She's busy training at the moment. Uh, Tegan eighth overall on Savage Sakabossi South Sprint. You just did that recently, twentieth of November. Uh, the eighth fastest time according to Strava. So don't tell me you're not hardcore. You can go uphill quite easily. <laughs> Yeah, but did you see the wind this morning? <laughs> oh, was it blowing up? Uh, never mind. Was it blowing behind you? <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it, was, it helped me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Today you did your second fastest time on Power Bump. Yesterday, uh, Kloofneck from Camp Street, second fastest time you've done. Kloof Cafe to Cafe, second fastest time. And Kloofneck yesterday, your second fastest time. You're improving. Um, I hope so. I think it's just the summer wind picking up. <laughs> But um, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> 757.1 kilometers so far this month. You've been on a bike for 32 hours. I guess that's what you need to do if you're going to be riding on a bicycle from Cairo to Cape Town, right? Yeah, I think so. Just, I should probably be doing a lot more riding than <laughs> I have been this month. But we've been doing a couple of long sort of multi-day trips because it, with endurance stuff, it, it ends up being what gets you is not like whether you can do 300 k's over one day, it's like whether you can do that day after mm. day after day after day because it's not actually your fitness that gets you in the end, but it's the sort of like what's multi-day repetitive strain injuries. Um, so mm. it's um, just trying to spend time on the bike rather than like to be especially fit. And and recovery, you know, because it's it, like you say, it's all very well to be able to do 100 k's today, but if you can only do 20 k's tomorrow because you haven't recovered in time, that's the important thing. It's it's that balance. It's that eating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have to, you, you, you like can't push so hard one day that you are stuck the next day. So it's kind of just figuring out what your endurance threshold is and then kind of working with that. Okay, uh, so you've got that coming. What are you going to do during the holidays? Do, do, are you still cartooning? you got a book out. How are you fitting all of this together? And do you have a day job yet? <laughs> I mean, I think so. So cartooning is probably my day job in, in terms of how I actually earn money. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, definitely have been working on a book for a while. That will hopefully be finished soon. Uh, what was what the other thing that you said? How do you, oh, holiday plans. How do you get holiday plans and how do you fit it all in? How do you cartoon and train and uh, have a social life and know that you're going to be riding the continent of Africa next year? Yeah, it's great. Difficult. I mean, I think I struggle with time management as it is. It's, it's sort of, I end up feeling like, oh, I've got so much to do. And then I just sit and kind of tidy my room all day. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't even know where to start. So, um, yeah, I definitely haven't nailed the time management aspect of things. But I, I generally train either like two or three hours in the morning or two or three hours in the evening. Mm. And then try and keep the, my daytime hours aside to just, get some work done um, with, yeah, balancing out like admin and then some commissions and then like the merchandise stuff, trying to figure out how to, which things to focus on every day. And um, yeah, holiday plans are the double century race coming up this weekend, which I'm riding with my women's team, Mm -hmm. which will be really fun, I think. And then probably just lots of cycling. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's what you're going to do. It's what's it? Uh, it's, it's it's bum in the seat. Bum. It, it, there used to be an acronym yeah, for that or something. Exactly. Time, time in time the saddle. In the ties. Yeah. <laughs> Tegan, great chatting to you. Uh, you're an inspiration, as you know, to many. And keep up the inspiration, and hopefully, we'll see you do that Cairo to Cape Town so fast. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, your hands have stopped shaking now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tegan Phillips, South African endurance explorer, digital comic artist, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. Find her on on the Instagram. It's fascinating. Tegan Phillips Comics uh, on Instagram. If you want to go follow her, Tegan Phillips Comics, including nine things you can do that don't involve screens. 
five things to remember if you're starting something new and explaining a gym session to a foreign being.